and welcome to What on Earth, the podcast of the Environmental Investigation Agency, or EIA. I'm Paul Newman, EIA Senior Press and Communications Officer, and today we're going to be taking a look at our newly launched Global Environmental Crime Tracker. Joining me is Mel Butler, our Senior Intelligence Analyst, to tell us about this innovative new tool, how it works, and what it can be used for. Mel, welcome, and thanks for taking the time to share your thoughts with us. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. Okay. To get things rolling, and for the benefit of any listeners who've perhaps not yet heard of it, just what is the Global Environmental Crime Tracker and how did it come about? Well, at EIA, we monitor, collect and analyse lots of data on the legal trade and wildlife, on timber trade and other environmental crime. And we get this data from lots of different public sources on seizures, arrests and prosecution records. And this helps us build a picture of the current scale of environmental crime. And it helps us to track the trends globally And we analyse that alongside a lot of our confidential intelligence to identify new networks and uh, new methodology for trafficking. And there's a demand for this data globally. There isn't a central database and it's very difficult to get one really comprehensive database that provides all of that information in one, just due to lack of resources and and technology to be able to do that from different organisations. So what this tracker has been created for is to Uh, visualise a lot of the data that we have collected within EIA for many years for the different campaigns um, which which we use for our uh, investigations and our our research and campaigning and put it into one place that everyone can access publicly for free uh, to to make it as accessible as possible and to provide some interactive dashboards and maps to be able to provide a bit of context around that, that data. Excellent stuff. Obviously, other organisations working on environmental issues such as the illegal wildlife trade and timber trafficking, um, some of them maintain their own databases of trafficking activities and seizures. Uh, What makes EIAs any different? Yes, there are other organisations and and databases out there which are valuable for for what they do, but our database has been designed mainly for analysis of the data. So other databases might provide quite raw information in terms of individual instances and seizures. And what ours tries to do is, as I said before, provide a bit of context to what this actually means. So some key takeaway figures for some of the specific species and crime areas that we look at, for example, how many ivory incidents have been reported in the media this year so far? What's the total ivory that's been seized from those incidents? And actually, how many elephants does this represent that have been killed? Because looking at incident data is one thing, but you might not necessarily have the tools to be able to understand what that means. And what our tool does is try and provide interactive dashboards so that people can um, change the data and filter the data on the dashboard to get the exact figure of the exact information that they want um, and be able to show what the scale of the problem is. um, And to be able to look at all data that we collect within EIA, um, which is very specific to obviously our campaigns that, that we monitor, um, and do that in as much detail as we can. So is it fair to say that obviously we've got this huge mass of data, which if you like coming at it cold is just a hugely off-putting um, <laughs> resource. Um, what this allows you to do is to interrogate the data effectively, to, to access the, the aspects of it that you particularly want and to shape your results based on the actual areas you're specifically interested in. Is, is that right? Yeah, that's right. And um, we have always provided our public raw data to anyone that's asked for it. But um, as you say, sometimes it's quite difficult to analyse that when you're just uh, looking at a really large spreadsheet with all these different fields. And um, what we wanted to do was try and make it easier for people to really understand what that meant. 
Okay. Um, I'm going to just digress momentarily. Um, when we first announced this on uh, on our various social media channels a week ago, one of the responses we had was, hey, you guys have got all this um, data on um, environmental crime. Um, organizations like Traffic um, keep their own data on environmental crime. Um, and there are other organizations beyond that that do a similar thing. And the question this person um, posed was, why don't we all just have one set data bank? And why do we all replicate? Um, my assumption is we're not replicating. We're using different kinds of data for different purposes. Is, is that the case? Yes, that's right. Um, it is a good question. And it is quite a difficult question to answer <laughs> quite succinctly. But um, each organization will collect data that they need for their specific purposes. And Traffic's tool is great for um, what they need it to be, which is a, a portal of raw data for people to be able to access for all different species. And they have um, specific requirements and data sources for that. And we already collect this data internally because we need it for our own work and our own campaigns and for us to be able to track um, the key species that we look at and the key types of environmental crime. So we already have it internally and we need it internally. So what this does is actually um, present in a in a nicer way for the public to be able to see the data that we already have. So we use we're making it more valuable, essentially. So the idea is just to make it a lot more accessible to people, and frankly, for people like me who are terrified by vast amounts of data, they have to make sense of um, a lot a lot more friendly to use, I guess. Yes, you don't need to understand spreadsheets to understand the tracker. <laughs> <laughs> Thank heavens for that. I might even use it myself. <laughs> um, given that the tracker is actually open to everybody and it's free to use, um, who do you anticipate will be the biggest users when it's up and running properly? Uh, well, we hope that it will be useful for anybody looking to understand what the picture of environmental crime is and wildlife trafficking. And uh, academics and researchers will uh, often come to us and ask for our raw data. And we're hoping that actually providing this tracker will mean they might not necessarily need to do that. They can get the answers they need, although we will still provide the raw data if it's needed. Um, other NGOs and campaigning organisations um, might want to look at a specific species that maybe they haven't looked at before. They don't have that data potential funders, um, members of the public looking to understand more about these issues or looking to volunteer potentially with uh, an environmental crime organisation. Um, and we hope that governments can use it too. There's no central law enforcement database globally that holds all of this data in one. So again, it's, it's another tool for anybody looking to understand what the current trends are and to track those prosecutions. Okay. Um, what about the media? Um, is this tool something you think environmental journalists will be able to use? And, and what do you think it could bring to the kind of stories they would write about the issues that we work on? Yes, definitely. And I think being able to provide some figures and context to the data is going to make it easier for journalists to be able to pick out what the stories are because the trends will be there in front of them once they've used the interactive dashboard. And uh, it looks at lots of different areas. It doesn't just look at how many instances have there been and how much has been seized. It looks at uh, areas such as concealment methodology, trade routes. So it provides a bit more uh, depth in some of the information that they might be looking at. And it's live updated daily. So there's no need for journalists to keep coming back and getting new data every quarter to understand what that trend might be. Oh, they'll actually be able to see that happening effectively in real time. Yes, definitely. Oh, that's superb. Um, now, I understand that you and your team, with the help of a lot of um, EIA's uh, much-loved volunteers and various campaigners, have spent one hell of a lot of time putting this together and shaping the data and getting it all in, in place so it runs fine. 
um, but your work's not actually done. Um, I understand that you're looking to expand the tracker in the near future with additional data relating to climate and other issues we work on. Yes, the idea is that the tracker will contain any data that EIA collects for any of our uh, campaigns or, or research projects. And it's designed in that way so that we can easily put in that data and uh, that can go through uh, into the public tracker. So we will be adding, hopefully in the next few weeks, our seizures on HFCs and other ozone depleting substances that contribute to climate change. And this will also include top countries and trade routes and conviction rates. Fantastic stuff. Is, is there anything like this out there for um, climate issues in, in relation to um, illegal trafficking of hydrofluorocarbons and um, greenhouse gases and such? Uh, no, as far as we're aware, there's nothing out there that will provide an overview picture and map of all the seizures that, that there are. So we hope this will be really useful. Oh, excellent. Well, well done you and best of luck with um, getting that extra strand of it online. Thank you. Um, uh, finally, there's a huge amount of information currently available from the tracker and there's more being captured all the time. Um, how are you actually going to keep it up to date and relevant? Um, I appreciate aspects of it will update automatically as we get new data in, but is this something you're going to be keeping a watching brief on to make sure it's it's, it's always being finessed and it's um, increasingly relevant? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, the tracker is updated live daily. So whenever our staff enter new incidents into the tracker, that will be updated onto the website. But also we're really keen to keep this as a, a living project and to make sure that we are uh, taking on any feedback uh, which users can submit on our contact us form on the website. And also just to improve some of the functionality that we know we can improve. So from the mapping, we're hoping to improve that, to add different layers on there so that it provides even more context to what the seizures are. Um, and also just looking at um, some of the fields that we use in terms of convergence and making sure that it is as useful as possible. So we really would welcome any feedback from people that are using it as to how to make it even better. Excellent stuff. Well, Mel, thank you very much indeed for joining us today and taking the time to talk about the tracker. Um, and well done to you and your team for putting your work in and to get actually up and running and, and, and looking so good. Thank you Thanks, very much. Now, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please watch this space for future episodes and check out our website at eia-international.org to find out more about our work. Thanks for joining us and wherever you are, stay safe out there.